Welcome to another episode of Infinity X, where we give a stage and microphone to human excellence in the pursuit of never-ending opportunities and merging ecosystems with world-renowned entrepreneurs and influencers. Now, here's your host, David Harder. From the hallowed halls of the Epic Production Studios here in Red Bank, New Jersey, we are Infinity X, giving a stage and microphone to human excellence each and every single Tuesday in the, end, in the never-ending pursuit, quite frankly, of giving you value, giving a stage and microphone to individuals, megapreneurs, people that are doing things in business verticals that you want to have exposure to, hearing their journey, and seeing how you can rinse and repeat their strategies, merge ecosystems, and have the opportunity to build out a business for yourself based upon their track record of success, folks. As always, behind the camera, we have Danny Drew. Behind the scenes, we have Parker Russo, PJR Agency. Thank you and shout out to those boys. And tonight, folks, I am super excited because we're going to continue the focus on an area that is so important to people and everybody's talking about. I'm talking about real estate, I'm talking about interest rates, but I'm also talking about the journey of building out a business in that space and the, the strategic nature of... You know, what individuals go through each and every day and each and every year in what we've been presented to build out a platform, build out a business that is actually growing in a recessionary market. Tonight, folks, we are joined by Henry Eisenstein. Henry, how you doing tonight, brother? Amazing. How are you? I'm doing incredibly well, bro. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the stage. And uh, why don't you share with the good folks out there um, a little bit about you, where you're from originally, where you grew up? Sure. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so I'm from born and raised in Jersey. I uh, grew up in Monmouth County. Okay. And, uh, you know, yeah. live a couple blocks from the studio. <laughs> you walked over here tonight. That's right. That's, That's awesome. Right. That's awesome. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Free Old Borough. Free Old Borough. Okay. Yep. All right. And what was it like for you growing up? Um, I mean, listen, man, I, I, uh, I wasn't that, uh, scholar that, uh, you know, many people were, I was, I barely graduated high school. Oh, is that right? And, um, you know, I knew that I didn't want to go to college and my parents kind of forced me to go. Okay. So I went to Brookdale Community College and, um, you know, wasn't but a, maybe a semester and a half before I dropped out. Okay. Okay. And what, what was, uh, what was the logic behind them impressing on you? Hey, you're going to go to school. Like you got to go. You're like, what, what, what was the rationale there? I think that just like so many people grow up with the, you know, the parents grow up thinking that this is the one way to do something. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of my family, except for my parents, you know, my parents were in corporate America, but the rest of my family were uh, attorneys, doctors and entrepreneurs, and they all went to college. So yep. everyone only knows one path, yep. you know, yep. and uh, I was actually one of the only people in my entire family, you know, look, pretty, pretty crazy Jewish family, uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, one of the first people in the family not to go to college, you know, yep. so I was like the black sheep. Got it. And your, and your folks uh, were in corporate America. What did they do? Um, so my mom worked for AIG okay. uh, before, you know, the crash in 2008, like we yeah. were chatting about before. Yeah. And yeah. then um, my father actually was a school teacher. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What, what grade? Uh, he, he did a lot of math, taught uh, like middle school math. That tells me so much, quite honestly. You know, because, I mean, when you look at, you know, when the, the question that I asked you before about, okay, your folks wanting you to take those steps and go to school. Sure. Schooling is required because you came from, a, from an educator, right? Yep. You came in, and then also your mom was working. Now, what did she do for AIG? Uh, back end support manager. Back-end. Got yeah. it. Got it. And is it was that the only company that she worked for her her whole career? Uh, I think she did like you know work for Sanofi project management. Got you know, it. 
Got it. So their focal point was that you, you go through education, right? You graduate, you probably have some student loans, right? <laughs> but you graduate and then you go into, you know, the corporate workforce and you invest into the 403B, you invest into the 401K, you work your way up, you punch the clock from nine to five. Yeah. And that's, you know, what you, that's what you're going to do for the next, you know, 40 years of your life. Then at 65, you're going to retire, hopefully live off social security and some money that you saved, right? Is that kind of- Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't for you, right? Not at all. So, folks, we are Infinity X Stage and Microphone with Human Excellence. We're joined by Henry Eisenstein this evening. Am I pronouncing that correctly, by the way? I, Eisenstein. Okay. Eisenstein. Sorry about that, my You're brother. Good. You're good. Um, replay, we are InfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube. So, you went to Brookdale, right, for a semester and a half. Yep. Any value at all? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, to, 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 be, to, to be frank, I mean, listen, you know, some people, some people need, you know, some people need it. Some people don't. I, I went to, uh, you know, a couple, couple classes and listen, I went to, I actually went for accounting. Wow. Okay. I went for accounting and, okay. um, you know, I love numbers, you know, cause my dad was a math teacher. So, yep. you know, numbers made sense to me until they started throwing letters into it and then yeah. it kind of made no sense. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I got into accounting and, um, what I realized quickly was that, you know, I worked for a guy who changed my life. He was like the first person who ever believed in me. Listen, I, I was I was depressed and suicidal from a young age. I Whoa. went through I went through a lot of bullying and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of played a big role in not wanting to continue going to school. But the one thing that I took away from this guy was just like, you know, it was it, it was never a question of did he go to school. It's just that his work ethic took his business to a whole different level. So I kind of wasn't I was never worried about my my results at school. It was more, uh, you know what my efforts could bring me. That's incredible. Thank you for being so vulnerable with yeah, that. Of course. Um, do you mind if I play in that space? Sure, let's talk about it, I mean, absolutely. Because, um, you know, a, a, a topic as sensitive as bullying, you know, is, is something that I highly respect. I mean, I have experience with that. I think it, to a degree, just about everybody has experience with that sure. at one, at one point or another. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it led you to the point where suicidal thoughts were even, you know, something that might have been out there. Thank, yeah. thank, thank the good Lord that you didn't actually execute on that. Yeah, but, I it every day. Um, you know, I mean, dead serious. But yeah. that really, really shaped your opinion of the educational system. But also, um, was it, it shaping your mindset around people in general or – you know, like what did you know? Like what did that do from a mental, not only a mental perspective, but also from a standpoint of fight or flight type? You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I, it started for me at a young age. Like I'm talking like nine. Like mm. I, I, I mean, maybe eight, nine years old, where I started being bullied. Self, you know, self-esteem issues started rolling into. You know, I remember having suicidal thoughts. At, you know, ninth, not around nine years old, ten oh. years old. And um, yeah, really, really serious stuff. And I mean, listen, I'm a board board member at CPC Behavioral Healthcare because of it. I mean, it's definitely led into a lot of beautiful things. But, Folks, um, rewind that back one more time. Hold on, so repeat that one more time, Henry. God, that's so noble. Please. Um, yeah. So uh, again, I'm a board member of uh, CPC Behavioral Healthcare. Please check them out and support. Um, you know, uh, I think you know people don't realize that how much uh, really goes into supporting those yeah. in need. Yeah. And um, so. When it comes to schooling, when it comes to, you know, uh, higher levels of education and going through the kind of upbringing that I had, you know, there was a bit of a correlation for me thinking that, like, you know, schooling would just be more of this. And why would I want to pay, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for a college that I would just have the same kind of experience as I had growing up. Yeah. But at the same time, like, um, it was more the fact that my path, I knew my path was going to be different. I knew my path was going to be different. I knew I didn't want a corporate job. I mean... My parents, um, God bless them, uh, you know, they gave me a lot of lessons, yeah. but the most important one was I didn't want to be in their shoes at 55. 
Got it. And, um, you know, I was just paying attention as a young kid, you know, and, you know, listen, they, I grew up in upper middle class, you know, 180, 200 grand a year combined income. Yep. I mean, we definitely didn't not have the things that we always wanted kind of thing. Um, they, they just, they spent a lot of their money. They didn't save. And, um, you know, no one really taught them the ways. Hmm. And I just, I, you know, something hit me when I was a young kid. I was like, listen, like I'll listen to you guys about everything in the world except for finances and business. Yeah. And, wow. um, you know, wow, that's so you know, insightful. I just, you know, at such a young age, it's yeah. so insightful. To I see mean, thank that, God, man, you know, yeah, yeah thank sure. God for it. Yeah. And, um, that really shaped a big part of my outlook on life. So God bless you for everything that you were able to overcome. And now what you're doing in that space, it's absolutely incredible. And it is, I, I want to get back onto your journey in a minute sure. here, but I do want to play a little bit more in the bullying space because I mean, again, you see it so consistently and so frequently in so many different, you know, avenues, yeah. avenues, you know, and, and we had a guy a couple of weeks back named Matt Boudreaux and Matt was talking about a different type of school and intellect, you know, schooling system that he has created for, uh, for his young heroes That's is what awesome. he refers to them as in their own, their own little ecosystem. They managed and, 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 and handle their own problems, but God, in the normal, in the normal school districts, and in you know what's happening in mainstream America, is it still as present as it has was in years past? Because I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, is it still that present? You know, I think it's different. I I, yeah. I think it's just different because you know, back in the day, it's almost funny where like you know kids getting picked on, kids getting beat up a little bit. Yeah. It was almost like you know commoditized in the sense where like it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, it was almost a norm. Yeah. And no one really called the, I don't feel like bullying had the right, doesn't have, it doesn't have the right, it doesn't have the same connotation as it does today. It has the same weight. Back in the day, it was just how kind of things were. Yeah. You know, and then uh, as social media became more and more prevalent, yeah. I think that people younger and younger these days are becoming affected by different ways that is more emotional trauma than it is physical trauma. And, um, uh, and it's it's also like listen like it's almost like you know you didn't like my picture, you oh, know yeah. you're not oh, you know you're not following me and like yeah. I just think yeah. it starts at a much younger age now. I think that kids just um, listen. I think that the, the the people that these kids are following, the people that you know the people like mentors that these kids have. I I don't think they're being taught the right stuff at a young enough age. Because I think they're growing up way, way sooner in life. Like, I feel like I grew up so quickly. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And from from a parental perspective, right? Are you a parent? No. Okay, so I am a parent. I'm a parent of an 18-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old, right? Totally different my, worlds. Different world with the 18-year-old than it is yeah. with the 8-year-old. But the 8-year-old is concerned about who the hell's following her TikTok just as much as the 18-year-old is, yeah. right? That is terrifying to me. Right, so what if you had any advice for parents, right, the out there, telltale signs, things that they need to look at, you know, things that they need to be aware of or conversations they have to have with their kids, what would that look like? Uh, teaching kids emotional intelligence at a young age and bringing in self-development at a young age. And because I think that it's like in my household, talking about your feelings was not was not like that's not a thing. Yeah. And it's almost shunned. You know, and it's like I'm having to teach my parents now how to do it. Yeah. And like I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on on um, educating myself. Ooh, we're gonna play in that space and, too, um, my brother. <laughs> yeah. Di this you know, different di different than yeah. most, right? And yeah. Um, yeah. you know, emotional intelligence is one of the most important factors of I not not just success, but just of life these days. And I feel like it's not being taught at all. Who's somebody that you model after? 
Um, mile after, you know, people like Tony Robbins, Grant Ooh, Cardone, yeah. Ed Milet, yeah. Patrick but David, incredible, beautiful people. Oh yeah, and and I, I assume that uh, we're we're gonna get deeper into that as 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 your journey is going on. But I just wanted to thank you for just spending a couple of minutes on that because I think sure. it's a topic that is just so unbelievably relevant, and I think that more people need to be t talking about I it agree. and focused upon it because it can really shape. The, the young hero, right, and the person that ultimately we're going to become. And so, folks, we are Infinity X, stage and microphone. This is Henry Eisenstein and, and, and Ian, I, Stein or Stein? Stein. Stein, got it. <laughs> German, man, but it's yeah, German. Come buddy. on, super German. <laughs> um, but uh, replay, we are InfinityX.com. We are InfinityX YouTube. So, Henry, so you went, uh, getting back to your schooling, right, getting sure. back to your journey for a moment. So, you know, semester and a half accounting, and you met a guy that changed your life. Right. Was it right at the point where you had made the decision that you did not want to go to school anymore? Like what happened next? Yeah. So um, one of the very first jobs, you know, listen, I, I was a gamer for a long time. Oh, you know, okay. I um, because of the bullying and everything like that, I kind of pushed into video games because it was a place where I didn't I wasn't me. People didn't see me. I just saw my results. It's sort of like why I got into business. Yeah. People, people don't care what you look like. People don't care what you, you know, sound like, talk like whatever. As long as you know, if you're successful and have a lot of money and like that's your results speak for yourself. Okay. Right, and sort of the same thing as video games. You could, I mean, it doesn't matter what you look like, but your results speak for yourself. Yeah. So uh, I know I, I was a huge gamer, and then I got into um, uh, getting my first job because my parents were trying to force me to do it. Um, Busboy, and then I worked for a place called Pump It Up, and uh, the guy who owned the business changed my life forever because he was like the first person ever who just believed in me, saw something bigger in me than I ever saw possible for myself. And what was Pump It Up? It's a kid's party place, bounce houses. Awesome. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. and. You know, again, he was, it was just like he was a father figure that I never had. You know, he was like an older brother that I never had. What and, was it uh, about him? Again, just the belief in me. You know, like no one had that. Mm. You know, and again, like, you know, I love my father. My dad and I are very close. And like, it just wasn't like, we didn't have conversations like this. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth or come into a crazy amount of opportunities. And, you know, he definitely did his absolute best. And, you know, I'm forever grateful for it. And, you know, this person... Um, changed everything for me incredible folks by the way if you have a question for henry please put it into the chat parker if you could just monitor the chat for me that would be incredible but so this man believed in you it sounds like this man gave you a little bit more of a stage and microphone <laughs> i mean kind of kind of tell I me mean, a little bit more it, more in the sense of like i think he gave me the ability to believe in myself more than anything and give me an example if you don't mind, because I think that that's one of the most powerful things that anybody can give to somebody. Yeah, just belief, man. I yeah. mean, like, listen, like, um, I think that's just all sometimes somebody needs. Just like someone say, I believe in you. I think you can do it. I see something in you that maybe you don't see for yourself. And that was enough to spark something in me because I would work seven days a week, all day, every day. And I wouldn't ask for more money. I wasn't even on the clock half the time, but I just wanted to make him proud. And, um, you know, I would show up days I didn't, you know, didn't have work. I would didn't matter the hours. I just literally just all I right cared about it. was just making him proud. It's incredible. You know, and by the time I was 20, I was managing, you know, 40 some odd employees and helping him run several franchises. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. By the time you were 20, you're managing 40 some odd employees. Yeah. Like, yep. Holy mackerel, brother. Yeah. But again, like, listen, I dedicated my life to this guy, mm -hmm. you know, and like I, um, you know, I was blessed to do it at a young age. Start with him at, you know, almost 18. Yep. So, you know, by the time I was 20, you know, three, three and a half, four years into it, um, you know, he, you know, I was helping him open franchises, managing stores, and 
And oh, okay, so you were helping him to manage stores and opening up franchises. So uh, did he give you the education on the business aspect of the business itself, the the accounting, the numbers, the finance, the sort strategy of, there? Tell me a little of. bit more there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I did a lot of more of the day-to-day. Okay. Um, yep. You know, he did a lot of the accounting, but I mean, he taught me everything I needed to know in order to be successful on it. And so what happened next? So funny enough, I killed myself to be to get this position to start, you know, basically running my own store. And my friend introduces me. I'm watching real estate shows, watching Million Dollars in New York, you know, all the same reality shows that we all watch. And um, my one friend hits me up and he says, like, hey, you know, maybe we should go get our real estate licenses. <laughs> and I'm working 100. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. out of the blue, right? Wow. And um, I'm working 100 hours a week for this guy. And Jeez. I love and, and, and But I loved it. Uh, it's a, but, and, see, yeah, if and I loved it. If you it. love what you do, you never work a day. But at this life, time, right? I was you commuting know, like an hour and a half true. each way, yeah. every day. Yeah. And um, again, it was my store. I treated it like my store. Yep. And um, But listen, I'm 20 years old, making 40 grand a year as a salary. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. and by the way, I mean, like, you know, uh, the businesses were doing over a million dollars a year. And like, I'm seeing that type of money come in. And then I'm paying 40, being paid $40,000 a year. And all I wanted to be was a business owner. So the difference was here, I was a business operator, not a business owner. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge reality check. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like, look, between everything I was doing on the side or whatever, so I'd make like 70, 80 grand a year at 20. Um, and I thought I was, I mean, that was more money than I had ever imagined. And I remember the first check, you know, it was only like, it was like just less than 1400 bucks. It was like $1,399, yeah, yeah. right, for yeah. a two-week check. Yeah. It was more money than I have had seen ever, life. ever, yeah. in, you know, check to myself. Yep. And... Um, it w- there were some moments that just really sparked something for me. And I'm like, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, if I make one check, I'm like, I could do, if I make that in a month, I'm like, I could do this in a week. I can replicate if, this. Yeah, I can yeah, replicate this absolutely. and do it faster. Yep. yep. So that gave me that idea and it sparked into me. And then, but what ended up happening was in within 90 days, within 90 days of getting this a promotion, I quit. I quit. I knew in my body that I had hit a ceiling. And I was like, this is not what I'm meant to be. This is not what I'm meant to do. Wow. There's so much more to this. Okay. And um, I quit before I even got my real estate license. And I studied night and day, night and day, night and day. Because I suck at test taking. I just mm-hmm. suck at it. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually failed the first test to get my license. Yep. By two points. But who's counting? But who's counting? I remember those days, by the way. <laughs> Seriously, man. Oh, my God. But oh, okay. uh, when I got when I passed the second time, I was so excited. Yep. And um, got into real estate. And it was. And when was this, by the way? Uh, 2015. I was it was a month before my before okay. I, my 21st. So you didn't have to deal with 08 crash or any of that crap. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Good. Good. No. Okay. Yep. And um, so I get into real estate. Knew I needed a mentor. Mm. Found this woman who was the only woman who uh, you know family friend of a friend kind of thing. She was doing like you know four or five hundred thousand a year selling real estate. Okay. And uh, but there was one caveat to that. She did it in the foreclosure business. Hmm. Massive amount of success in the foreclosure business, but basically she made her money evicting people from people's homes. Got it. Managing properties for the bank. Got it. And um, funny enough, I mean, now I'm an investor in a lot of these types of properties. I've bought, you know, nearly 100 and change with investor partners and other people. Um, so I didn't know what it was actually doing for me down the road, learning all this. Yep. But I made no money for the first 11 months. I mean, nothing. And I had saved up $30,000. I had no credit card debt. I was in a fantastic position at 20 years old yep. to get into the business. And um, let's just say in about 10 months of being in the business, Plowed I was, right through it. dude, I was not only that, I was $30,000 in debt now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah know? Because you're spending on ads, you're yeah, spending on marketing. I, I mean, just, I, I was doing yeah. all of it and yep. I never stopped yep. spending the same amount of money. I was still living life the same way. Love that. Yeah. So, you know, first 10 months sucked. 
Yep. You know? Yep. And, um, and I love that, by the way. Yeah. Because that's what it takes. The grind is so real to build out a real business. Like and it was that. so you know, funny, though, because, yeah. like, I had, this, I had the right mindset going into it. I was like, listen, like, I told this woman. She's like, I'm going to pay you $10 an hour, basically, um, without really explaining to me, making me her assistant. And I was like, no, I don't want a dollar from you. I want 100% commission. I want to earn every single dollar. That's incredible. And that. um, Folks, are you listening to this, by the way? I mean, this is like, this is what grind really looks like. And I mean, listen, it works with the right mentor. Right. You know, she wasn't the right one. Um, so long story short with her, I quit in the 10th month. Okay. I ended up working with one client and within 60 days, I had made about 30 grand. And I was like, just like I said before, I go, I am holding these checks and I'm like, I can replicate this. Yep. Yep. And um, everything changed for me in that moment. I took my 30,000. I invested nearly all of it um, into a couple softwares I needed, coaching, spent 10 grand on coaching. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, and that ten grand, I love that for a second. Okay, so you you spent money on the business that was going to ultimately produce for you an ROI, yep. right? You know, yep. and that's folks. And again, velocity on your money is so unbelievably important, right? Doing that right now, right? Yeah, inflation, folks, is north. It's it's in the double digits. I don't give a crap what anybody says, right? Anybody who says it's at eight percent when they're not counting food and energy, that's just absurd. Right. So you're in, in you're an inflationary environment in the double digits, folks. You have to think about controllable rate of return. Where am I going to get high ROI that's going to outpace inflation on my dollar? The answer is in your business. Right. Absolutely. Or strategically into investments where you have controllable risk. Do you have any control of the market? No. Right. You don't. You can do research, but that's about all. You don't have it anywhere near to the degree, the level of control that you do doing exactly what Henry did, which was to double down and reinvest in his business. First of all, systems and softwares. That's so unbelievably critical. Now, Henry, when you did that, did you have an ROI in mind when you reinvested back into those systems? I want to get into coaching in a minute, but sure. uh, into those systems, did you have ROI in mind? Uh, I mean, the whole thing in my head was just uh, I, I need to become more efficient. Mm. Because what I'm doing is incredibly not efficient. And there was a couple systems that I remember that my uh, the, the woman that I had worked for had that I knew I needed. So I invested in those systems, got in the coaching. And um, it's funny, the coach, the first thing he said to me is like, hey, there's a conference right around, like, you know, two days from today. Right. Like, I signed up. He's like, hey, there's a conference that we're hosting two days from today. You should go. I'm like, thanks for the heads up. So so I end up going, I end up going to the, um, I end up going to the, the conference. And uh, I end up seeing a couple of these people on stage, a bunch of guest speakers. Yep. And um, there was one guy that I just immediately was just like, I got to work for this guy. I was like, this is the new mentor that I need, right? Yep. And um, within a matter of two weeks or so, I was working for him. And uh, you know, I, I, I hounded him right after I right after got off the stage. Yeah. Hounded him, and I was, you know, yeah. I got to work for you no matter what it costs. Uh, working for him, I mean, changed changed everything because he taught me everything about sales. Hmm. You know, because I, I knew about management from the previous job. Yep. I didn't know about selling. Yep. And uh very different world. Mm-hmm. Very different world. Mm-hmm. And I became sure a is. master salesperson. And um you know, I mean, look, a lot of what real estate is as an agent is cold calling. Mm-hmm. You know, communication, mm-hmm. a lot sure. of you know, face to face. I mean, yes. this is still sales. Yep, absolutely it is. Right? Absolutely and um a lot of people forget that they're a salesperson first in this business. Yep. So, you know, thankfully, you know, he taught me how to sell. Problem is I problem with that one was that I, I signed a terrible contract with him. Oh. So I had grossed about three hundred thousand in gross commissions, and I made like forty grand. Ooh. So, um, but listen, I got a great experience. That was that was valuable. Yep. Yep. And uh, the problem was, I quit real estate because I just kept getting screwed over, hated it, thought it was the industry. Started like seven different businesses. 
and uh, e-commerce, <laughs> yeah. drop shipping, yeah, yeah, mo- yeah. media agency. You know, I wasn't as good as some people here, but <laughs> you know, I uh, I started everything because I, I was chasing the money. Yeah, I was chasing the yeah. money. Yeah, um, which I don't recommend. And um, what ended up happening was that with my last dollars, I had invested in uh, Tony Robbins. Actually, Ooh. went to a Tony Tony Robbins event. Which, which event? UPW. Went to Unleash the Power Within. Nice. Unleash the Power Within. Great event. And uh, sat front row, so excited. Last dollars. I mean, I had nothing in my name at this point. Yeah. And I put the next thing on credit card, uh, which was coaching with him, with one of his business coaches. And in the Platinum Partnership? Uh, not Platinum. Oh, no, okay. No, no. One, like, he has like a six month program. Or Got something it. That I did. Got it. Yeah. And um, in January 2018, not that long ago, again, I'm seventy thousand dollars in credit card debt, uh, five fifty credit score, no money, maybe two grand in my name, and. My coach says to me, he's like, listen, kid, you know, you got CEO in your Instagram handle. Doesn't make you anything. You know, you have a bunch of different businesses with no money. He goes, what successful entrepreneur that you're following today Hmm. at 20 years old, 22 years old, whatever it was, has five companies and became wildly successful. Like, who do you know? I was like, not a single person. He goes, exactly. You're not going to be the first one. He's like, you have to focus on one thing for a decade. And you'll probably be pretty successful. Yep. You, know? you can turn decades into days. Bro. Exactly right. Yep. And literally within that fr- within that phone call, I remember I'm sitting, I'm sitting at Panera actually, you know, with um, with my buddy, and um, I remember that call like it was yesterday, because in that moment I knew I just had to be in. Re- I knew it was real estate. I just had to do it for myself. Yep. Yep. And because um, you had a passion for it, you knew that you had a passion for it. Yeah, right? I had you a know, passion like, for it. I mean, you know, uh, my family's a massive investor in real estate, mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather, God bless him, you know, ninety-four years old, still cranking, and uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, taught me a lot, and uh, so I knew in that moment that it was real estate. And the funniest thing was, the next day I go to the office, the real estate office, which I hadn't been to in six months, eight months, because I had quit. I show up, and it's they're having this huge company meeting. I had no idea. Hundred fifty people in this place. <laughs> Okay, I show up and I'm a, I'm given four awards for the efforts that I had done the year before. Get out of here! I swear, <laughs> because of all the you business, had no idea. I had no idea, yeah. but it was all the business that I did with the team, yep. and you know that I had produced. I didn't get paid the way I should have, right? But it was right. the, I mean, I it, it was just so it was social proof, yeah, for myself yeah, yeah, to say yeah, I'm in, yeah, I'm in the was, right place. Yep, yep, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. I got like I got, God works in very calculated. It was so it was so weird thinking about it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, two three young guys came up to me, just like I had come up to that guy. Who was standing on stage saying, "Hey, I want to work with me. you. Can yep. you mentor me?" Yep. And that's where I got my start in February 2018. Unbelievable, folks! We are Infinity yeah. X, stage and microphone, human excellence, Henry Eisenstein. I, I, I I'm just I'm eating this up because it's like you're telling my story, brother. I swear to God, you're telling my story in so many different ways. My world changed in March of 2019. When I put $5,000 on a credit card and I went to three-day immersion with Sean Callagy. Love and that. it changed my world. Now, was Sean speaking on the UPW stage or on Platinum Partnership at that point? Not, the, not at that time. Uh, the, uh, the, he, Sean heads up uh, Unblinded, right? Got and, uh, you know, is a peak performance coach. He's one of the most successful attorneys in the country. 125-person law firm. He's amazing. Unbelievable. And he brought brain science, very similar to what Tony brings, and three days changed my life not necessarily just from the standpoint of what the brain science was was so good but it was proximity it was yeah. proximity to people that were thinking and doing things differently that's so, why i always find it fascinating yeah. when people can't invest a do- you know a couple thousand bucks in themselves i know 
I'm like, you blankly signed, like, you went to college, right? Yes. I'm like, okay, well, you blankly signed on a dotted line to take over $100,000, $200,000 worth of debt. Yep. You have no ROI on. You yep. won't spend five or $10,000 investing in yourself with somebody worth, like, that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. And the and <laughs> the ROI that you can produce. It's un- unbelievable. It's, it, you can't be, you can't be calculated. That's why I'll, I'll keep spending it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's an infinite return. And in that infinite return, by the way, that's where you and I are going to do work together too, and we can really identify some stuff because we create higher velocity 100%. on that, dude. That's very, very good. So, so let's let's get into now where you're at now, right? Sure. So you, you you had the epiphany, right? You had the epiphany. You got the coaching. You got the right coaching, right? You're in the right mental space. You get back at real estate. What what goes? What what happens next? Um, 20, 2018, right? Yeah. So I basically, uh, put my head down like I did for, for my friend who believed in me at the beginning Yep. and a uh, hundred hour work week, seven days a week, every day, all day. And, um, just cranked on the phones, cold calling. Every and who are you working with at this point? Uh, company wise. Uh, well, I know, I know who you're with now. So I'm by myself. I'm a, I just have a team myself. Yep. Uh, I was with Keller Williams at the time. Got it. And, um, you know, it was me and two young sales guys, and all we did is all day, every day. I mean, I still remember the, you know, we're in the, com- you know, we're in a huge common area with uh, a couple desks. Yeah. And we just had our laptops just cranking away on phones and, um, you know, just literally just like in- ignorance on fire. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that, seriously, <laughs> without, without that. any other way to yeah. put it. Right. I mean, ignorance on fire, yep. making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not like a thousand sales calls a day. Yep. And uh, just cranking through it. I mean, listen, my um, first six months was rough because I'm building a book. Sure. Right. And, sure. uh, you know, in real estate, the sales cycle is 90 days to six months. Yep. So um, took me about, you know, somewhere between four and six months to make my first 10 grand. Uh, by November of that year, I'm making 20 a month. By December, it was 50 a month. And I never looked back. Ever. And you've never looked back. Did you say 50 a month? 50 a month. 23 years old, making 50 grand a month. My man. My man, what did it feel like? What did it feel like when you're at that trajectory? Were you just like, I'm getting hungrier and hungrier and hungrier? Yeah, it was. It wasn't even about the money anymore. Tell me them. Tell me more. Tell me more, because a lot of people get big check itis. You know what I mean? They get that big check and they're like, "Ooh, I'm gonna take six months off." You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. It's really tempting when you get some big checks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, especially with a fiance and a dog now. You know, like (laughs) it gets really tempting. Um, We travel way too much now, but it's just. (laughs) Um, it's different, you know, like I think that certain people look at money differently. And for me, it was never about, you know, the, the, the check now mm-hmm. it was always just about where am I going to be at 30, 35, 40, 50 and what my potential is. What was it about your strategy that was different? If anything at all, make it when you're at 50,000 a month versus when you were, you know, struggling to get that first $10,000. Yeah, I think the difference uh, most specifically is relationship building when you start Ooh, making yeah. when you start making like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 a month cuz you can do that making sales calls. Yep. If you want to go bigger, it's all about relationships. It's all about re- so let's speak into that space a little bit. So sure. like what who, who were the strategic alliances and relationships that you needed to build? Um I love investing investing in real estate. So uh, a couple of key investors you know, key investors that I ended up doing hundred plus deals with. Okay. Changed my life. And, um, did they have constant access to leverage and liquidity that was important for, yeah, I mean, they, they taught me everything about investing in like mostly single families, Mm. mostly single families, but they, more than anything, they just taught me how to analyze deals, which was the most invaluable information I could ever make. And like, I made them millions. I mean, I made hundreds of thousands of dollars from them, if not 
a million or two. Yep. Um, but I made them millions. And um, but they gave me an education, and get, I got paid to get the education. You know, best of both worlds. And and what market? What markets were you buying in? Were you buying here in Jersey or well, uh, everything in Jersey? Jersey. Okay, everything e- in Jersey. Everything in Jersey. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Unbelievable. What were the What were the demographics that went into the analytics on those deals? So. Uh, mostly we were in the middle range flips. So most of the deals were, uh, suburban neighborhoods, yeah. single families, three bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, two and a half bath. Um, try to get cookie cutter. Okay. You know, the more okay. specific you can be with your investment strategy, I think the more successful you'll become, especially in real estate. You know, I feel like too many people try to deviate way too, way too early, especially folks. Are you listening to this, by the way? <laughs> are you listening? Don't deviate from what you're doing. If something is working as well as it is, why would you stop? Right? Why not double down on that, right? Yeah. And figure out ways that you can magnify that. That makes all the sense in the world. I yeah, and that. I really didn't deviate at all for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, until I started, I mean, I, I've been listening to Grant Cardone for so long. Yep. And then, you know, it kind of just hit me differently about multifamily being way better. Because you know what's interesting? Um, especially over the last few years, making a lot more money than uh, the previous few years. Mm-hmm. Where now I actually have the decisions I have to make with yep. it. Because um, when you don't have money, you're just, all you're, all you're thinking about is how do I get money? And once you have money, you're just like, not only do, you know, how do I multiply it? Right. Uh, so the difference I feel like now is that I have an unlimited, right now I have an unlimited, based on my partners, I have unlimited potential income right now. As in like, I've, I have enough resources. I have unlimited, unlimited resources right now when it comes to money. Like I can raise capital pretty easily. The, now the question is, what deals do I move that money into? Mm, yes. And yes. what the biggest thing that I want people to hear from this yeah. is, you truly have unlimited resources because if the deal is good enough, the money will come. Absolutely. And I never thought that way. Dolph Daru says the deal of the decade shows up every single week. It's a question of whether or not you have the liquidity to do it. Yeah. Right? But now it's just like, understand like any person listening, mm-hmm. I don't care if you have zero experience, just getting your license today or, you know, some person off the street, you have the ability to come up with unlimited resources. Obviously it's your one conversation away from having unlimited resources, you know, reaching out to us, you can have unlimited resources. Yep. Uh, you know, I wish I thought this way because there were so many deals that I said I couldn't make this happen because I personally didn't, didn't have, have the resources. resources. Yeah. Right? Where yes. now it's more about who so good. Who this do I know now fire. who has the resources yes. to in order to take this down? Yeah. Because again, if the deal makes sense, I'm finding a way to close on it. Yeah. And I'll just get in the contract. I don't care. So let's talk. Oh God, this is so good, and folks. We are Infinity X. Replay we are infinityx.com. Take it and rewind it back. Watch this three or four different times because Henry is just dropping knowledge out here right now. So today, right, you're with EXP today? Uh, Outstanding. And and when did you migrate over to EXP, by the way? About two years ago, right in the middle of COVID, June, June, July-ish. Got it. And was that, uh, from a timing perspective, was it intentional or was it... Yeah, I mean, I got in when there was about 20,000 agents and there's about 90,000 now. Got it. Um, I mean, I wish I, I, I'm, I'm, I kick myself all the time. You know, there's always this investment that we wish we knew of. If I would have moved 12 months sooner, I probably would have made an extra half a million just, oh, from the, yeah. just from the stock options alone. Got it. Got so, it. But it's, but the only, it's the only game in town model-wise as far as you're concerned? Or? If someone's got a better model, I'm all yours. <laughs> I keep hearing that. I Seriously. keep hearing that, you know. And now, and, and how big, how big of, a, of a team have you built underneath you also? Uh, so, I mean, it varies day to day. I feel like real estate's a freaking revolving door at this point, but, um, somewhere around 60. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Excellent. And, uh, everybody producing nicely or there's some, you know, there's always a range. Yeah. There's always a range. I mean, the top 10, 20% make up all of it. What's your preference? Is your preference to build and manage your team or is your preference to build and manage your book? 
Interesting. Um, I mean, nowadays, I mean, just um, based on what I'm doing, I mean, I, I'm trying to build a, one of the largest private equity companies in real estate. Like, that's my main focus every day. Speak into that, brother. So th let's talk about that. Like now, private equity from a standpoint of raising capital and raising finding capital deals. Raising capital and finding deals. I love that. So what, um, look, again, inflation, rates, yeah. right? People think, when, you know, access to liquidity, they think, okay, let me go to, a, you know, get a traditional mortgage, right? Yeah. Or a loan, an SBA loan or something of that nature yeah. to try to try to get the access to capital. What are things that you're doing differently, right? And why do, why, why do my people and people out here in our ecosystem need to pay attention to you? Yeah. So uh, again, the difference is relationships. You know, I'm, I'm all about building relationships. You know, I, I just had a phone call with a guy who's raised almost half a billion in the last you know couple of years and you know, just constantly having conversations with people of that magnitude. And uh, again, I wasn't thinking this way mm. even 18 months ago. And then I uh, had a conversation with one of my mentors and he said, you know, hey, listen, you better be prepared because the recession's coming. Mm. Hey, this is 18 months ago. Yep. So I fired, I fired just about my entire staff. Um, very different. I mean, I had almost, I think I had 12 employees at one point. Mm. And, uh, you know, all salaried employees. I mean, payroll's 50 Gs a month. I mean, it was just disgusting. And... Um, completely changed my model. And what I learned was over the last little bit was everything that I desire to do, I'm one conversation away from being able to achieve it today. Mm. It's not a 20 year thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally one conversation away. It's just who knows that person. Yeah. And I don't need to know. It's just who do I know in my ecosystem who knows that person. Right. So it's all just about who I know, you know? And uh, so a big part of the last six ish months is just getting around higher level people higher and higher and higher level people. What do you notice about their thought process, their thinking, their activities that are different than the people that are what we would consider maybe medium level people? What are they doing different? So I'll say in two ways because I think this is so freaking fascinating. So Grant Cardone has always talked about don't ever listen to a single digit millionaire. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. Which is yeah, so, so I true. didn't I see yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that at first. Yep. I can understand the concept. I didn't under, I didn't truly understand that. And um, then I started speaking to a couple single-digit millionaires versus people who were worth 50, 100, 200, 500 million. And when you're speaking to somebody who, you know, again, a couple million bucks, they are incredibly cheap. Every dollar, they're hoarders, hoarders. When you're speaking to somebody worth 100 million, mm -hmm. all they talk about is how to consume, like how do they, how do they like, how do they grow? How do they go bigger expansion? Everything's expansion. Yep. And uh, it's such so a freaking different mindset. I mean, like, listen, my grandfather, you know, God bless him, you know, uh, built an empire, silent empire, mm. you know, kind of like very deceiving. You'd never know it. And the man won't eat, like, you know, listen, this guy's got a washer dryer that are older than my parents <laughs> in his <laughs> yeah. house. Yeah. And yeah. funny enough, the washer broke. Okay. 50 year old washer finally went out. Okay. <laughs> he bought just a brand new washer, <laughs> not a new dryer to match it. I mean, but, but just, I love it. It, it's, it, so, it's just like when you, when you speak, man. it is that yeah. mindset. And it's yeah. like yeah. the things that you will hear from somebody who has, you know, at, you know, again, a hundred million plus or whatever the number is, right. You need to get around these people because the people who are single digit millionaires will confuse you. They will confuse you. And again, I actually, it's fascinating. Cause like making 50 G's a month, hundred G's a month or whatever. Um, when you start making that, you don't feel the pressures of that money until it's you truly have you know 
several hundred thousand, if not a million plus in your bank account, mm -hmm. where now you have innate decisions about the money that you have sitting with you. Sure, of course. Of right? course. Like, but I didn't, I didn't feel like, as yeah. in like, I never felt that like question of like, you know, that cheapness or stinginess, right? Whatever you want to call it, right? The frugalness. Um, I never felt that or the constriction or like the scarcity like I have felt now with the amount of money that I have in the bank. And it's just different mm. because now it's like I, I never had felt like, why are these people so scared all the time? I never understood that. But now, like, when you start having that kind of money in the bank account, you start getting kind of worried. It like, is so easy to retreat to a yeah. scarcity mindset. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, a I constant reminder that, that like, yeah. again, he, you know, I, I love Grant. I mean, like, everything I've done is basically modeled after this man. I love him to death. And, uh, but it's just, like, literally, it's just, like, money's digits in a bank account. It means nothing. The digits. It absolutely means nothing. Yep. Cash flow is everything. So all I do every day, all day, is just look for deals where I can, exp you know, and listen, I'll take partners on. Additional vertical cash. Vertical cash, exactly. Absolutely. That's all we look for. Yep, yep. Folks, we are Infinity X Stage and Microphone. You are getting an education and a half from Henry Eisenstein. I mean, guys, we're talking about mega producer EXP, mega, megapreneur building one of the largest private equity, you know, conglomerates that, uh, you know, that, that, that New Jersey has I'm, 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 you know, just stepping one day, uh, one day, one day, one day where, you know, that's where people are going to be talking about you for a very, very long time, my brother. And, you know, appreciate like, it. Uh, kidding me? Uh, this is un so let's now let's let's talk about the here and now. Right. So if I wanted to. Right. If I if, if you were if, if you could step out of yourself now and look at, you know, 20 year old Henry. Yep. Right. For a moment. What are some things that you would be telling him to do in the market environment that we're in today, right? Where we have inflated real estate prices, we have high interest rates. Like, what, what are some things that you would suggest him to do now, today, that nobody told you to do? Yeah, uh, again, this, you know, I've been beating a dead horse, I feel like, but the two things is ignorance on fire when it comes to making your calls yep. and uh, relationships. I mean, there's just nothing. People can tell you that Facebook ads are more important, this is more important, or whatever the case may be, but nothing is more important than the people in your life. Uh, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now without any of the relationships I have. Yep. You know, you are your relationships. Your worth, your net worth, you know, your network is your net worth. You've heard it a hundred times, but yep. again, like, pay attention to it and just go go truly. I, I mean, listen, like, I'm even to the point where, like, if I went back, I'd be like, listen, go caddy at the most successful golf clubs. Like, take, take, don't even worry about the money. Like, you could live broke. Yep. Live broke and just go be so around true. the most successful possible people yeah. that you can. Catch and a couple couple loops at Sleepy Hollow Country Club, baby. Seriously, you know what I mean? and, <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm no not because like again, yeah, you're just absolutely. one freaking conversation away from that person. I mean, again, the investment, uh, the the investor that I had worked with all those years was a cold call. It was a cold of call. course it was. Yeah, exactly. Of course it was. But it was because that person stepped into your role at the exact time that they were supposed to step exactly into right. your world. So, I fast forward the clock five years. What's Henry's world look like in five years from today? Yeah. You know, just continuing to uh, to build the private equity company. You know, again, I'm probably you know we're on track to be somewhere around a hundred million in assets under management in the next three years, um, if not sooner. And can uh, people invest with you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I say the best way to kind of work with me is uh, bring us deals. Got it. Bring us deals. You know, if you've got a great deal, multifamily or warehouse space anywhere, I wouldn't say in the country, but it's specifically New Jersey, South Florida, Texas. Um, you know, key areas like that, you know, reach out to me on social media or anything yeah, like that. Folks, by the way, I want to say I have to put this out there. This is not an endorsement of anything or any one in particular, but Henry's up to some interesting things that are out there. So you want to you want to check him out. You know, how, how do people 
get in touch with you. Yeah, social media. Google my name, Henry Eisenstein. You know, uh, you know, check um, check me out. I'm everywhere. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you can't not see my face. Man one of day. the people. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, so you want to build out that private equity? You know, you're at 100, 100 million. You said 100 million private uh, uh, assets under manager. Where Where do you see that growing to? Where, where, where? I, I I want a billion. I want a billion. Um, but uh, it's interesting because it's like I want to be able to do it with. Um, you know, I want to show. I want to be able to show people that, like, again, it doesn't matter your upbringing, it doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter your parents, doesn't matter your anything. You set your mind to something, you can achieve it. Folks, I gotta tell you, every single week. Um, shout out to Parker Russo too, because Parker put this together, right? Um, you know, and every week I have the good fortune of putting people onto the stage at Infinity X, and uh, you know, from my standpoint, you know, when I when I want to. You know, when I want to feel inspiration, right, I, I, I think of Chris Crone, right, our business partner. You know, I mean, Chris, he motivates me each and every single day. Rob Gill, my partner, Rob. I mean, you want to get a motivation, spend 15 minutes with Rob, right? He'll, he'll have you running through That's a wall sure. like the Kool-Aid man, you know? Sure. Um, but, Henry, I got to tell you, my juices are so flowing with everything that you've shared with me tonight about your, your, your journey of overcoming you know, personal struggles, which are, and I, and I can identify with that in a major, major way, in a lot of different ways. And I think a lot of people out there really, really did. And to see where you're at and to see your confidence level, that's what I'm just, it's like a breath of fresh air for me, man. Is that it's confidence, not arrogance. And that is something folks, you need to understand that as well. There is a big difference between confidence and arrogance. This is a confident entrepreneur right here who knows where he's going, right? You know, regardless of what's happening in the marketplace right now, recession, no recession, people who are destined to build out bigger things are going to do that. Right? That's what's going to happen. Henry is going to have a billion dollars under management in his private equity because why? Because I said so. That's exactly right. That's exactly, I mean, un, I mean incredible. I choose to. What? You know, like, I mean, Henry, we've got about another, you know, five, ten minutes here. Let's talk about the real estate market in general right now. Sure. Right? Um, what, you know, what trends are you seeing here in the, on the East coast? Are you maybe thinking about branching out into different markets? Like what's, uh, what, you know, what say you about things, real estate right now? Yeah. So, I mean, real estate's probably, I mean, just like, I feel like the economy in general is probably the most uncertain economy market that we've seen in history. Mm. It's just so uncertain. Mm. You know, anybody who says that they know what's going on, I, I just don't believe them because nobody does. Yep. And, uh, right now I think that like we've talked about is I stick, I'm sticking to what I know. Great deals are great deals no matter what. And, you know, as long as the numbers check out, even at a horrible worst case scenario. But, you know, again, with this economy, I think that we're going from a seller's market to a buyer's market in a matter of moments. Mm. Uh, I believe that, you know, so negotiating and, you know, we're going to have longer days on market. You know, we're going to see that. I think interest rates are actually going to come down. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Interesting. Okay. So play, uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, in every recession, you know, that they've shown that they typically will interest rates will come down, um, during just about every single, re uh, um, recession. So I'm not exactly worried about interest rates super long term. Yep. I don't think we'll see 2% ever again. No, I don't. I agree. You know, uh, yeah, but you know, listen, in the grand scheme yeah. of things, it was a gift from God to even if you bought anything during the period of time that we've had, you know, if you bought, you got locked in a 2% interest rate loan, I'm giving you a high five. You, know, yeah, you, sure. you did the right thing. You know, if you refied or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, you did the right thing. I just think that, um, we're about to go back to, I wouldn't say normalcy, but a different, a new normal, you know, like this is, it, you know, what we've seen over the last 24 months has been BS fake, mm. not real. Mm -hmm. It's given people a false sense of, 
you know, how an economy works, which is just not accurate. But I think that people really need to just be cognizant of being able to adjust and shift always because nothing stays forever. Right. 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 You know, good right. markets come, you know, good markets, yep. the current, you know, everything's cyclical. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just I, like, I totally agree. I, I've just, um, I've learned to be very quick on my feet in this business, very quick on my feet. And, you know, I've shifted a lot from residential to commercial. Okay. I've shifted a lot from, you know, um, you know, investing for myself instead of with other people, you know, still with partners, but you know, not just letting other people make all the money, still being smart in those ways. And it's just, you know, a couple key shifts in this business. Like you need to know where to shift. Cause like, you know, there's a lot of people who, you know, I coach a lot of realtors mm. and a lot of them when they're brand new, you know, they're fearful to work with sellers because of experience. They don't know how to work with sellers cause they've never done it. Um, you know, w- working with sellers can be a little bit more daunting than working with a buyer. And however, you know, the last 24 months, I've been telling everybody, like, if you're not working with sellers, you're going to die in this business. Because imagine working with, I mean, like, think about it just mentally. If you want to work with 100 sellers listing their homes or with 100 buyers trying to find a house right now. I mean, you'd go, you'd, you'd, you'd go nuts. You'd go broke. And <laughs> exactly. You would <laughs> yeah. never get a house accepted, yeah, yeah. you know, an yeah. offer accepted. I mean, that's just what happened to so many agents. Because they were um, repping the buyers and they weren't, they weren't actually, okay, God, they didn't have the pre-existing relationships with the sellers. Is that what Well, it no, it's more, it's just more like, listen, again, like you got to build a book, right? Right. Or relationships right. to get the referrals. And it's just like, if you're not focused on finding seller clients, listen, you are listen. not going to build a business. Yeah. You know, um, it's sort of like pushing a rock uphill to work with a buyer. Why would you do that? Right. You can easily just push a rock downhill. It's the same, you know, virtually the same work. It's just a little bit different of a concept in regards to lead generation. So just focus on where the, you know, it's just easier to make the same money. And uh, so I've been telling everybody that, you know, you need to f- focus a little bit more on sellers last 24 months. You know, now for the first time, I mean, I'm finally starting to shift the conversation and being like, listen, this is going to be a really good opportunity over the next probably 6, 12, 18 months. I'm not saying today, but be prepared. We're like, we're going to be shifting back to what things were three years ago before COVID. Mm. You know, where a buyer's market is a little bit more prevalent. Or at least I would work a person, like again, when I was, you know, closing over 100 homes a year, uh, I mean, we're looking at, you know, 40% of my business was buyers. You know, it's a huge part of my, a huge part of the business, mm. you know, mm. but the last, the last 24 months, if you worked only with buyers, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Well, yeah, because, yeah, because, uh, because I'm, I've heard of stories. I've heard of stories where people have lost out on 40 bids. No, it's the truth. 40 bids. I mean, that's like, truth. I mean, and you know, I mean, I know that COVID shifted so much. I know people were, you know, going to be working from home and that, you know, they, you know, they wanted to double down on the, the real estate that they were already in and they wanted to stay in the low interest rate environment if they had that. No, but from a go forward, pers- from a go forward perspective, as we shift into, into buyer's market, what's advice well, uh, 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 if we shift, but I think when is more of a yeah. is more of a way to put it out there. But if we shift more into a buyer's market, right? And you're thinking about selling your home, what are some strategies that you would put out to someone who actually wants to, you know, is going to list their is going to list their home in the market, you know? And don't, <laughs> don't. Yeah, yeah, rent yeah. it out. Right? Rent it. Keep it and rent it. Keep it and rent it. Uh, this would be a really silly time. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, there's a difference mm-hmm. of having to sell versus need to sell. Yep. If you're in a need uh, need to sell, do your thing. Yep. If you're just in a fashion of just want to capitalize on a, on a market, this is not the right time to sell. Um, you know, I sold at the peak of the market a couple of properties that I never thought I would ever sell. Uh, just because, again, I don't think the market will ever touch those numbers in certain areas for a long time. So I might as well just move the capital. But again, if you're a family right now or you don't young couple, I mean, keep the house. Keep the house and rent it out. You're probably in the rental rental market's unfriggin' believable right now. Yep. 
Um, good luck getting in a rental apartment. You know, like I, I just listed a property on Facebook because uh, I'm not even done with the apartment yet. I had like 37 people reach out in a matter of an hour about oh, an sure. apartment. Oh, sure. Sure, of you course. Know, uh, of and, course. I, and that market's not going away. So don't don't sell the house. You know, what I would even tell you to do is pull out as much equity as you possibly can that'll and rent it out for the amount that will still cover everything. Take that money and invest it. And deploy it into? Deploy it. Invest it. And, and deploy it into? But, you know, it, you know listen, I... I I'm biased on real estate, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know stocks that well. I don't know crypto that well. Yeah. You know, like I know real estate. Controllable rate of return. Real estate business, right? And, and again, yeah. we're not making suggestions here, folks, but this is what history I'm doesn't repeat itself. It does rhyme sometimes, you know, and success does leave clues, right? So, yeah. You know. And like, listen, I mean, again, if you know those markets better, invest in that. Whatever you know, invest into it. Um, you know, I invest in yourself. And, uh, you know, and, and buy, uh, you know, buy some real estate because listen, I think that we're going into an incredible time to buy. Um, I always look at it. It's always the right time to buy the, a good deal. So, uh, take your capital and find some people who have more money than you and go ham. I mean, buy as much as you can because mm. I like, mm. listen, like I just think that the one thing that I keep hearing from the most successful people that I ever speak to is just, I wish I, I wish I bought more real estate when I could. Every single person is always kicking themselves about it. Never, ever fails. I am 150% with you. That's what Chris Crone, right? I hear him say it all the time is that if I could go back to the last recession, the mistake I made is I didn't buy, buy enough. More. Exactly. 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 I didn't buy enough. You yep. know? So parting shots for the folks out there, brother. Um, stop waiting. Stop Ooh. waiting. Go after it. Listen, like it, the only reason, the only difference between the kid who I used to be, the statistic that I could have been was I made a decision and I went for it. That's it. And the consistency of just staying at it. Where do they find you on social media, my brother? Again, Google my, Google my name, Henry Eisenstein. Uh, you know, I'm literally everywhere. Follow me on YouTube. DM me on Instagram. Love to chat with you guys. See how I can bring you some value. Let me tell you something. Henry, you have been an unbelievable partner here on Thank Infinity you. X this evening. Folks, this, awesome. this, uh, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. I see you in my future, by the way, my brother. And, and I got to tell you, folks, each and every week we are working so hard to bring value in areas that are relevant to you, whether it's building business, entrepreneurship, real estate, markets, you know, areas where it's relevant to you. Um, that's what we're seeking to put on stage each and every single week. This week was no different. We replay, we are infinityx.com. We are infinityx YouTube. This has been Henry Eisenstein. And guys, you know, again, if I could, if I could just leave you with one piece that um, Henry put out there and that, uh, and that I can't hammer home enough is whether it's a bear market or a bull market, there is no such thing. There is today, right? There is today's market. There is an opportunity that exists for you to deploy capital, to build wealth, and to double down on yourself, whether the market is going this way or the market is going that way. Link in our bio. We are infinityx.com. We would love to have conversation about how we could help you if you're an aspiring entrepreneur. Give you a stage and microphone. Build out a business. Get higher velocity on your dollar. Um, passion is something that we're going to continue to bring each and every single week. And, uh, you know, Hen Henry, again, thank you so very much for this evening. Of course. Folks, we will see you next Tuesday on another edition of We Are Infinity X. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Infinity X. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube by searching We Are Infinity X. Until next time.